everyone gets an F minus except for the Packers. Welcome to an episode of Podcast, the podcast where you don't have to be back, but it sure does help. I'm your host, Tom. Time to get out my red pen and grade. This is a black pen, Grassi. And today we are going to be going through the teams in the NFC North and establishing a draft grade for them. I won't be talking about the Packers a whole lot in this episode just because on Monday I had an entire episode that was dedicated to the Packers, breaking down every single pick. Here I'm going to really go through the Lions, the Bears, and the Vikings, go through their picks, give an overview on how I think they handled the draft, how they addressed their needs, the value that they got there, etc., and we'll just throw a draft grade on top of all of them. So a reminder that I did wind up giving the Green Bay Packers an A- draft grade. I think they fulfilled a ton of needs. They got some great O-line depth, and they were able to go and get three wide receivers, at two of which I think are going to be able to compete immediately and really help out the team. And so I absolutely loved their draft. So starting off, let's go with the Blue Kitty Goes Meow Detroit Lions. And if you feel or hear some disdain in my voice, that's because it is very apparent. Why? Because the Lions went from this team of, oh, you know what? I hope they rebuild well. I I, I wish them the best of luck. I I know a lot of Lions fans. They've been on this show. You know, we, we, we hope for the best. And then... They trade up and get Jamison Williams, my number one wide receiver in the draft. And then the Lions went from that younger sibling who you would tell, don't worry, you'll be better when you're older, to now they're stealing money out of your wallet and they're going and buying drugs. Is that a harsh analogy? Yes, and I am sticking to it, you heroin-buying pieces of garbage. The Detroit Lions! in my opinion, had the best draft in the division. And I hate it. I hate it. I love it because they did exactly what I wanted them to do in terms of not getting a QB, not rushing it, and they're slowly rebuilding, getting premier talent through the draft. But I hate that it came at the expense of the Green Bay Packers. And listen, I don't think anyone thinks that the Detroit Lions are going to win the division this year. However, this is a draft that I think we're going to feel the ramifications from for years down the road if they continue to rebuild the way that they are. And I think under Dan Campbell, they are going to do just that. So let's start off with their number two pick. There were some people out there saying that they would go and get Malik Willis. I thought, nope, that'd be stupid hot garbage. Why would they do that? And instead, the best player in the draft fell into their lap, and that is Aiden Hutchinson. After getting Panay Sewell last year, getting the best tackle in the draft. They now pair on the other side the best edge rusher in the draft because the Jaguars, they decide to go for Trayvon Walker. And they are elated for this. And rightfully so. Aiden Hutchinson is a game changer. Last year, they really worked on the trenches, building up that defensive line. Now you have a stud here as an edge rusher, and I think that he is going to cause a lot of problems, and I'm very happy the Packers uh, shored up that offensive line a bit because he is going to be an issue. 
the way that the Lions have gone about this rebuild, they've been building their O-line. They've been building their D-line. Now, who knows what's going to happen with guys like Okuda, the secondary. They didn't really address the secondary a whole lot except getting Kirby Joseph. But I'm curious to see. I'm, I'm imagining they're going to give Okuda like about another year or two just to see if he pans out. If not, you could see them going after a CB in the near future. But the Lions are rebuilding the right way. Aiden Hutchinson gets there. And the biggest thing is, is they pull off a magnificent trade and somehow convince the purple incarnation of Satan to trade back from number 12 to 32. And the Lions barely had to give up anything that should be at minimum a first round pick next year but the vikings are like oh no come on in no you can take my picks that's totally fine and they trade up and get jameson williams the guy that aaron Rodgers said was the most nfl ready wide receiver in the draft so not only do they get points for pulling off getting a great pick but they pull off massive amounts of points for convincing a divisional rival a divisional rival to address one of their biggest needs, which was wide receiver. They get, in my opinion, the best one in the draft. Yeah, that's points. Oh, and then on top of that, with their third pick, they go and get another great edge rusher from Kentucky in Josh Pascal, who I think is a very underrated pick and I think is going to cause even more problems considering that they're all going to be looking at Aiden Hutchinson and now you have Pascal who's going to be able to benefit from that. I love the Kirby Joseph pick because they do need to address their secondary. And again, I do worry about corner a little bit, but looking at their later picks, they went tight end, they go linebacker, they go edge again, and they got a CB at the very, very end. I think the Lions checked a lot of boxes they didn't really reach for anybody and the most important thing is they really reinforced their team with what should be premium talent and if again they continue to coach the way that they do and build that team the way they do they're gonna be a problem so with that being said I gave the Lions a draft grade of an A because they had significant value for the guys that they did I think they got some amazing prospects and the rant is over now. Then you got the Chicago Bears coming in here. Didn't have their flashy first round pick because they got Justin Fields last year. And the Bears are still trying to figure it out. They have a whole new regime just like the Vikings do. And I'm not going to penalize them for not having a first round pick because I think that them going up and getting Justin Fields was a good move. Taking a look at some of the prospects that they got, Kyler Gordon, I think that's a great first pick for them in the second round, really reinforcing that secondary. Even though their running defense was a lot worse than their passing defense last year, it makes sense to go and make sure that that secondary remains strong. Just give you an example, they were 23rd in rushing yards allowed last year. However, they were third in passing yards allowed, but the Bears for the longest time have been a defense first team. And with these picks, I think they're continuing that tradition. The pick that I love the most from them is their number 48 pick. That's Jaquan Brisker, safety. I wanted him for the Packers. He can play safety. He also could step up and play slot corner. He's versatile. He can play all over the field. He's a bit older than Daxton Hill, and that was kind of the knock on him. But I really love this pick for them, making that secondary a priority. Then after that, they go after wide receiver, which is another need for them. Of course, they do have Darnell Mooney. But getting Velas Jones, who, again, a bit older, 25 years old, I don't know how that's going to work out. 
And I think that maybe offensive line was a little bit more of a need, but I understand that you're waiting to see if Tevin Jenkins is going to work out. But they wind up going O-line for the basically the remainder of their picks, picking O-line four times, again, edge, a running back, a safety, and also a punter. And so it's obvious that they want to make sure that O-line is a little bit better for Justin Fields, who was running for his life last year. But I will say maybe a premium pick there may have been the smarter move and smarter play. But the Bears are, again, were also very limited with the amount of premium picks that they had. So I can't really blame them for that. I do love their first two picks, and I think that's going to go a long way in making sure that secondary is good. After that, things get a little bit dicey. But hey, when you're picking four O-linemen, you're just hoping one of them pans out in the later rounds. So I'm going to give them a solid B in this draft. I think that they address some needs. I think that there is definitely some question marks with the prospects that they got. You got a guy like Vilas Jones Jr. He is on the older side, but he's very versatile and he can play all over the field. But what this draft is really going to come down to is how successful can Justin Fields be? I think they got him some pieces to be successful. Will it be enough? We're going to find out this season. Then finally, you got the purple incarnation of Satan themselves. The Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings were sitting at the number 12 spot. Could have had the world. It was right there in their hands. And they said, no, 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 no. I'm going to trade back with the Lions to the 32nd. And that would make sense because that's a, by, by the way, that's a big jump in the first round. We can't just measure it like, oh, well, they moved up later and like, oh, they, they got a lot more spots here and there. In the first round, that's premium. You had the Saints from a few years ago who wanted to move up a couple spots with the Packers and they gave up a first rounder the following year. So, all I'm saying here is the Vikings got hose with this first trade because we don't know about value for guys, right? Aiden Hutchinson might be a bust, please. He could be a bust. And you can have a guy who was picked much later who could be the star edge rusher of the draft. We don't know there. That's not what I'm arguing. What I'm arguing is the values of the picks are decently set in stone. And here the Vikings got ripped off for that. And again, I like the first two players that they wound up drafting. Their first pick, Lewis Seen, as a safety, I love him. He was my second guy behind Kyle Hamilton because he's another guy who's versatile, can play in the slot corner, he's younger, and I wanted him for the Green Bay Packers. So I don't mind the pick at all. And I think they do need to address their secondary considering their secondary was 28th in passing yards allowed last season. So they definitely did, and their first two picks reflect that. However, the value in which they could have gotten back is really limited here. Then with their 42nd pick, because they traded back with the Packers and they got two second round picks from that, which I think was a good deal, they go and get Andrew Booth Jr., who I think was the best CB left on the board. The only issue that you have to worry about with Andrew Booth is the fact that this guy has a bunch of injuries. He has a long injury history. On top of that, he literally came out and said, I haven't played healthy since I was in high school. I get the move. I think it was the right move because you kind of have to take that risk because their secondary was so depleted. But that is a bit of concern there. Then with their 59th pick, they went and got guard Ed Ingram, which again, the position, I get it because you need to protect Kirk Cousins. Now, if you put the allegations to the side for a moment, which he was suspended for, I mean, first of all, I'd be cautious in that in which you had a situation with Jeff Gladney and his charges were dropped and if I'm not mistaken he's on the Cardinals now I just might be wary about picking someone with that history again but 
Again, just looking at the player, I get the pick. Only allowed two sacks in pass protection, and you're going to protect Kirk Cousins or whoever your QB is going to be for the near future. They then went linebacker with Brian Asamoah, and I really like that pick. I think that there's a ton of value there, and this was another position that they really needed to address. And in the later half of their draft, they really went after some offense positions. They went with running back, another offensive tackle, a wide receiver, a tight end, and they were just throwing darts at the board at this point. So if I'm going to look at their draft as a whole, I actually like their first four picks. It's pretty darn good. They address significant needs. They really needed to make that secondary better. And you're protecting Kirk Cousins. Now, I will say that first trade is problematic in which they got value for later trades in the draft. I'm not going to push that aside, but that's a pretty big blunder for them to make in the first. They could have just not liked who was there at 12. Maybe they thought Kyle Hamilton, you know, the value of picking him there was less than picking Lewis Seen later and getting a couple extra picks. I don't know what the thought process was there. I just think if you had that trade and get an additional first round pick next year, then we're not talking about this. And I think that they're ranked higher here. So based off of the guys that they picked, the needs that they fulfilled, and of course, including those trades, I put them around a B or a B minus as well. I think that they're a little bit of a step below the Bears because at least the Bears were able to get their franchise QB when they made a big trade last year, or at least they hope they get their franchise QB here. It, it doesn't seem like the Vikings got a lot of future value. They were able to get additional picks, but I think their biggest trade was with the Packers. And on top of that, you can look at the fact that was within the division and they allowed the Packers to get arguably the best wide receivers still on the board. And they allowed the Lions to do the same exact thing, which is not really going to help your team. But let me know what you think down in the comments below. How do you think these teams performed in the draft? Let me know. You can always find me at TomGrossComedy.com or at TomGrossComedy, all social media you see down below. Check out podcasts on SoundCloud, iTunes, Google Play Music, Spotify, and of course, YouTube. And a big shout out and thank you to all the patrons over patreon.com slash TomGrossComedy and the YouTube members. But thank you so much for watching. I'm Tom Grossi. And as always, go Pack Go. Go Pack Go.